Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yes, indeed. Waiting for your calls and your text messages for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney to answer. Good morning, Teresa. Hope you're Good nice morning, and warm. Good morning, Denny Burr. Yeah, it's six below, still six below, 18 below wind chill. And just got a, a text from a listener in War Road, Minnesota, way up there. Oh, my goodness. There. Those folks are chilly, I bet. 36 below air temperature <laughs> in uh, War Road right now. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, we're we're ensconced here in the Twin Cities, and uh, as I've mentioned from week to week, 52 weeks a year we talk lawns and gardens, no matter the we weather. Do. We do. People, people want to talk lawns and gardens, mm-hmm. uh, no matter the weather. So and we're going to do the same thing this hour. So if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, don't wait. You know, uh, we tend to get pretty busy here during this hour. Uh, it, as, so uh, let me give you the phone number and the text number. It's the same number, 651-989-9226. All right, Teresa, tell us what you do during these cold winter days uh, dreaming about gardening. Well, first of all, after I've wandered outside for a few minutes, just watching all the numerous bunny trails in the snow, uh, I make sure all the plants are okay that nobody's being gnawed on or chewed on. And then if anything's happening, I'll put little fencing around um, if necessary. So check all your plants because snow moves, snow, you know, increases, decreases. And um, sometimes bunnies can get up and over fences and deer can come in. So check all the everything else. And then I don't have house plants because she who must be obeyed, Queen Lady Cat, will not let me have house plants. However, <laughs> if you have house plants, um, wander through your house, check each house plant. How are they doing? No weird webbing, no weird sticky stuff, no weird spots on the leaves. Everybody's looking good. Um, if they're by a window where they get most of their light and you notice that they're, that they're leaning, um, give them a quarter turn or a half turn. Um, they're reaching, reaching for the light. So just maybe once a week, give them just a quarter turn to keep them upright. And then, um, Two of the most important things, get your computer, go to the Yard and Garden line, um, the extension.umn.edu.com, and just immerse yourself in the beauty of plants. Uh, learn about new plants. Uh, find out what's going on with seeds, what's going on with new asparagus varieties. We've got some great articles on those things. And um, 
And then just, you know, check out and see, what can I be doing next year, this year different? And then the easiest thing, grab a cup of coffee or tea or your favorite beverage, grab your pretty stack of seed books and just start looking at pretty eye candy and ordering seeds and and plants. That's That's the way Minnesotans can get through winter. Yes, well, look at it this way. It's the middle of February already. It is the middle and, of February. It's a great yeah. time to start thinking about what seeds am I going to get? What plants am I going to get? What do I want to plant next year? How do I want to change what I did? How do I want to not change what I did? Yeah, good good point. And you mentioned the uh, university website. There's so much to read, to, to, to view in that. It's extension.umn.edu. It's exactly. a phenomenal labor of love. that uh, it, you it really is, and together. they have fascinating articles on there. And, and, you know, there's going to be things you're not interested in, but there's going to be things that may just pique your interest and give you a brand-new hobby. Yes, absolutely. Piece. A great pastime. All right, mm-hmm. Teresa, let's uh, put you to work here. If you have okay. any kind of a lawn or garden question, call it in or text it. And, again, same number, 651-989-9226. Let's go to the phones. Jeanette, I think, is on the line calling from Hamburg. Jeanette, you are on with Teresa. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Two summers ago, I planted a hibiscus, and the first summer it grew up and bloomed beautifully. Now, this last summer, I got some blooms on there, but then I also got all these buds that they turned brown and just fell off, and I was wondering what would be the cause of that. Okay. Well, um, make sure that you, you might want to give it some extra nutrition when it comes out of the ground. In, uh, when it finally wakes up in June or whenever it finally decides to wake up, give it a little bit of extra nutrition, some fertilizer. Uh, make sure it's getting full sun. And why it would brown, the buds would brown off. It could be, we had some weird weather last year. There were some weird little cool snaps, some, some storms. They sometimes destroy plants that we're not aware of. Um, and you also, I would ex- definitely go to the extension.umn.edu site and see if there's any information about buds on hibiscus, uh, buds not opening, buds just drying up. Uh, sometimes that could be an insect, it could be a disease, or it could just be the, the timing of the weather and what happens with the plant. So I'm not 100% sure what, what's going on there, but there are some options for you to look at, Jeanette. Very good. Texter says this, Teresa, my succulent plant is a beautiful cluster on top, but getting top-heavy due to better lighting, maybe? Can I repot it to place it further into the soil? Hmm. I don't know that I would deepen Lighting, maybe? Can I repot it to place it further into the soil? Hmm. I don't know that I would deepen that that rooting. Um, I would probably definitely go to the extension site. Some succulents, of course, in the in the wild, normally grow a little taller, and then they might flop over and start rooting out from from uh, the uh, the stem that where it touches the ground. It really depends on what it is and what it's supposed to look like. Uh, you can also just gently prop it up. And just keep giving it a lot of uh, a lot of bright light and turn it. Make sure it's staying straight and not stretching for the light, and give it that extra light to keep it a little more compact. All right, very good. I know uh, we're getting a signal here to take a quick break here. Okay. So while we do that, let's invite our listeners uh, to join in. There's a, cl- a line open if you want to call in your question to talk with Teresa. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. 
or to use that same number to send a text, 651-989-9226. It is six degrees below zero in the Twin Cities. We may make it up to two below for a daytime high today. You stay tuned to News Talk 830. This is WCCO. And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here, along with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, answering your lawn and garden questions. And Dennis brought it to my attention, uh, Teresa, that, that this is, I don't think this has ever happened before. All the callers online waiting to ask you questions, their first names all begin with J. I don't think that means anything, but we just found it an interesting, interesting well, note. just Jiminy Crickets. How about that? All right. <laughs> Let's begin with uh, Judy in Maplewood. Judy, what is your question for Teresa? Hi, Judy. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I have um, uh, a step along the north side of our house that I've planted some ferns and some trillium and things, and the, the moss is growing quite nicely. How do I get the grass out of the moss? I would hand pick it. That would be the easiest way. Just just hand pull it out gently. Uh, you don't want to disturb the moss. The moss is just so so uh, e- un- easily unrooted, so or easily pulled up. So I would just carefully um, pull it up if if necessary. Maybe pull all the moss. Uh, you know, take out the grass, uh, whichever way you want to, an herbicide or just manually pulling it, and then carefully set the moss back down and, and baby it back into place again. But, uh, yeah, I would just hand weed. That would be the simplest. Good luck. All right. Thank you, Judy. Uh, next move is to St. Louis Park. Jane is on the line to ask you a question. Jane, you're on CCO with Teresa. Hey, Jane. Hi, Teresa. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I went online yesterday. I'm looking for a rain barrel, and I know you can't tell me which manufacturer to purchase, but mm-hmm. can you give me some more tips Um what I should look for specifically regarding uh, sure. the spigots, the size of the spigots. I saw some controversy on the, on the website. Oh, okay. You, you just, if you're going to use a spigot that you're going to attach to your hose, you want to make sure that it's going to be adaptable to whatever size hose you use, whether it's half inch or five eighths, whatever inch hose you're using. Um, you want to make sure that it's adaptable. Um, and uh, just get a, a good sturdy rain rain barrel. Make sure that it has screening on the top so mosquitoes can't get in there to lay their eggs. It'll keep out the debris, too. Um, and then when you do set up your rain barrel, if at all possible, raise it up off of the ground. It'll give you a little more water pressure coming out, and it's a lot easier to get um, a bucket or, or something under that spigot if you need to just drain it that way rather than if you're attaching it to a hose. And color is totally up to you. Um, and that's those are some suggestions. I hope they help. Very good. Uh, 651-989-9226. Let's see who's next. Jolene is calling in from Centuria, Wisconsin. Jolene, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hi, Jolene. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I have two Christmas cactuses, and they're very old. They're probably over 100 years old because they've been a long, long time. I transplanted one last summer, and it was really doing well. And at Christmas time, it had a few uh, flowers, and now, like overnight, it drooped, and it lost all its leaves and it looks like it's completely dead and it just happened like overnight and then my other question is the other one is about um, the same age and everything but it's in about a 20 inch high terracotta planter 
and it's hanging way down. It's real long, and I'm wondering how much I can trim off of that so I don't damage it. It's you, you can trim off what you need. You may even want to or or consider putting it on a stand where the draping effect becomes even more apparent and you and you use that as part of the beautification of the plant. Um you, you you're in you're um, enforcing that. Okay. Um, I was just afraid that it was gonna to be too heavy that it would break the stems off. I didn't uh, know if that would happen. No, pl- plants are pretty now you don't want they are a fairly a brittle stem so they can break those leaves off pretty easily and uh, because that's how they would propagate one way they would propagate in the wild so so make sure that people aren't walking by them the pets aren't walking by people aren't brushing by them all the time they're not having to move the curtain on and off of them uh so you're just not damaging and you're not putting more stress on the plant if you, than you have to but but plants are smart they're not going to usually grow bigger than they're supposed to. Now, your other plant, I would um, double-check to make sure it didn't get suddenly maybe hit in a cold draft for some reason, that that someone didn't accidentally spray something weird on it. I, I don't know. I'm sure you would have noticed that. And then if it is, see, see if there's any life left, uh, you may want to carefully pull it out of the soil to see what happened. Maybe there was something in the soil that, that stopped the drainage and, and so the pot, the roots all rotted out. So you want to gently pull up the plant and see what the roots are doing, see what the soil is doing. You may be able to repot it and revive it depending upon how far it's gone and what's happened there. Uh, but, but a sudden overnight thing, to my mind, means something more of a mechanical or a physical damage happened. Uh, most diseases don't happen overnight. So, so I'm thinking more of a, of a draft or something got poured on it or in it by accident and, and that damaged the plant. Or, yeah. Good luck. Thanks, Jolene. Uh, let's grab another call before we have a look at that cold forecast. I think Jim is waiting there in St. Paul That's to ask you a question. The cold Hi, forecast, Jenny. <laughs> Sorry about that. Jim, what's your question this morning? I agree. I agree. Don't talk about the cold. <laughs> I picked the worst weekend to move. I bought a house in St. Paul and uh, loading up the truck, bringing all this stuff. It's been just fun. But um, yeah. I have a new house. I don't know what's under the snow. Uh, mm-hmm. This spring, what would you suggest I do? You know, the the first inclination is to go out there and just plant up a storm and just get everything beautiful. Um, and that's what I did. And do not do that because, uh, I mean, I came into a pretty blank slate, so that's different. But you don't know what's out there. You don't know the shade patterns. You don't know the kind of soil. You don't know what treasures or what disasters you may have happening now. So unless there was any pictures from the previous owners or they left you any notes about the gardens or if there are gardens, I would just say this coming year is a year of observation for you. Um, it's time to get your house inside in order. And if that's all in order, then it's time to just enjoy the outside, um, you know, be outside, see what's going on, go out there different times during the day, kind of see what's growing, take a lot of pictures, uh, you know, maybe once a week take a picture of, of each area and see how it changes, um, and just, just see what's out there growing. You know, of course, weed if you have to. If there's obviously something you don't want out there, you can take it. And in the meantime, you can plant up some beautiful pots because you'll be able to kind of tell pretty soon what the light requirements are going to be. 
So plant up some beautiful pots, just really make them your focus this year, uh, whether you're going to grow tomatoes or flowers or herbs or, or any kind of mix. And, and if you know that, okay, it's pretty shady back there and I want some more hostas, you could, you could plant some hostas in your pots or some other shade plants in your pots as part of the foliage for this year and then get them in the ground in the fall. So start increasing the gardens that way. But but the first year can really be a wonderful year just to get observations so you know what you're doing and you can kind of give yourself the right path to go down and not all of a sudden head down the wrong path and then have to come way back and fix everything over again. So it's hard to do sometimes, but that's what I would suggest doing. And then just standard maintenance, of course, mowing, etc. Good luck, John. Jim. Yeah, good luck, Jim, and uh, congratulations on the new digs yeah. there. All right, let's uh, take a break here. We have another half hour of the show to go. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, call it in or text it in, 651-989-9226. Stay with us here at News Talk 830 WCCO. And welcome back to our uh, Smart Garden Show around every Saturday here in the 8 o'clock hour on WCCO. Welcoming your lawn and garden questions this morning to uh, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. And as usual, Teresa, busy hour. We've got uh, callers waiting to ask you a question and texters as well. So let's uh, let's get to it. I think Marcy uh, may be uh, up here first uh, calling from Westbrook, I think. Marcy, you're on CCO. Yeah, I'm here. Hey, Marcy. Hi, I love this show. I listen every week. Thank we you. love you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. I heard somebody call in about hibiscus, and I just had to call and tell you, my daughter-in-law gives me this glorious annual hibiscus every Mother's Day. And the early years, I really struggled to keep it going. It would be like some animal came off and just nipped the buds, or the yellow leaves would turn yellow and fall off, until I found a once-a-year systemic that I put down. Is that anything you would recommend? I only have to do it once a year, and I'll tell you, it has just solved all my problems. Um, you know, the systems are great if you know why you're putting them down, if you're targeting uh, a specific insect. Uh, and, and so a systemic will work. It works on making the entire plant poisonous. So so then the pollen is poisonous, and, and the, the petals are poisonous, and the leaves are poisonous. So anything trying to uh, eat those things um, either gets sick and dies or just gets really sick and goes away. So that's how a systemic works. And um, they're an option, and they're a good option if you need to use them. But always know why you're using them and target them very specifically. And thanks for your thanks for your call, Marcy. Yeah, thanks for the comments, Marcy. Appreciate that. Walt this morning is calling from Plymouth, I believe. Walt, you're on CCO with Teresa. Thanks for taking my call. Um, my wife has got two grapefruit trees and they're in the house, and they're tending to lose the last leaves. And I'm wondering if it's because she changed from well water to city water. That could have something to do with it. So because um, the, the, the the citrus needs really high, high light, and so our, our winter light is so low that, that the leaves that it has right now that, that need the high light to function do not work, so it has to create new leaves, which will work in a better environment, uh, the environment that it's currently in. So those are some things that... Um, 
that you may be experiencing. And also, I'd make sure that you leave the water out overnight so it can off-gas any of the chlorines and that it's at room temperature when you water it. Good luck. Texter says this, Teresa, what causes little flies to show up around my bamboo houseplant? I have planted it in soil now. Um, it, it could possibly be those little fungus gnats yeah. that we've talked about frequently all winter long. And, and I love the fact that people are seeing them because that means more people are paying attention to their plants and more people are growing plants. So it's kind of a, a strange response, I know. Uh, but it's just the fungus gnats. Uh, again, they don't do a lot of damage. They're more of an annoyance. Uh, they live in the first part, top part of the soil. The little larvae eat some of the little organic stuff and then um, they pupate into the flies and and so the cycle continues. Uh, so you can use the sticky traps. There's other uh, soil drenches you can use. There's sand you can put on top for your bamboo. Um, and, and a lot of times, sometimes if you get those plants and you can put them outside in the summertime when, it, when and if it ever gets warm again, uh, sometimes Mother Nature takes care of those gnats. But um, you, have to, you have to bring them back in again, of course, in the winter. And then they're in our terrible homes, which are awful places for plants to grow. But we keep trying. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's back to the phones. I think Barb is uh, phoning in from Lionel Lakes this morning. Barb, thank you for waiting. What's your question for Teresa? Hey, Barb. Hi. Um, I have perennial gardens around my yard, and my biggest problem I'm dealing with is grass growing in there. And I'll pull it all out, but I don't know what to use to keep it out. <laughs> okay. So, so um, do you have a good edge around your garden? So, is the grass creeping in from the side? Or is it just coming in over yeah, in mo- the middle of the No, garden? a lot of it's coming in from other places. I mean, you know, some of them are totally have, um, you know, like uh, they just show sidewalk. Up. Yeah, yeah. So I okay. end up with all this grass okay. and it drives me okay. nuts. <laughs> okay. So, so there could be some options here. Um, okay. Make sure when people are mowing that that they mow and they're not um, the shoot is not headed toward the garden in case there's any seeds in the gar- in the grass sure. then they're not show- blowing those into the garden. Uh, putting a mulch down between your plants, a nice layer of mulch between the plants, if you like the look of that, will really help because then you can get the grass and you can pull it up much easier and much more quickly and um, and. and those are about what you can do. You can always spot treat, but um, for the most part, it's more uh, probably easier just to hand pull those because then you're in your garden, you're observing your garden, and um, you can make that part of your morning coffee routine where you go out and pull five handfuls of grass every morning or when you mm-hmm. come home or something like that um, because then your garden will be so happy to see you and, and just keep on top of it that way. But those are some right. options. And okay. grow your plants a little more closely together. Uh, that might help, too, because they can choke out some of those new grasses. Right, and I do have a lot of the plants that are pretty close together. In fact, I've mm-hmm. been told by a few people to come over and say, why do you have so many flowers? <laughs> but, what do they know? They're, they're just, they, you just have to pat them on the head and say, that's a nice comment, honey. Thank right. You. Now, yeah. somebody had suggested preen, um, something on that order to put sure. in Sure. That's a, that's a great it's it's a, a pre-emergent that you would put down in the spring uh, according to the instructions on on the uh, the 
the package, and it'll tell you how long it will last for. So any grass seeds coming in or weed seeds coming in, it will prevent those from stopping uh, from growing. It will also stop if you want your um, one of your plants to self-seed, it will stop those seeds from sprouting too. So that's something you have to consider. But preen is a great option for those for those options. For those areas, uh, you may need to reapply later in the in the in the summer, depending upon the formulation of the green and how long it says it lasts. Uh, but that's that's a great option. Thanks. I didn't think of that one. That's a good option, Barb. Very good. Uh, back to the phones, New Richmond, Wisconsin. I believe Don, I think, is there. Don, thanks for waiting. What's your question? Hi, Don. Good morning. I read your newsletter from the extent said the growers are discontinuing the Jersey variety of. They are. They are. Don't be cry. Don't be sad. Don't be sad. You will still be able to get those um, those Jersey crowns uh, a few places, but yet most of the growers are discontinuing those old, some of those old varieties. But um, there are some great new varieties that well, are what, coming what, out. What 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 are we talking about here? Uh, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay, let's bring everybody in on the conversation. Yeah. Uh, so so the asparagus crowns. You buy crowns of asparagus and. Uh, Jersey is a, a real popular one, and it's a real strong growing one, but a lot of the growers are discontinuing growing it. So now we have other options. So there'll be less and less in the market, and uh, you'll, you may not be able to find them. You may be able to, to get some from someone else, perhaps, but um, there are new varieties coming in also. Is okay, there a there's a re- Go ahead. Is there a reason? You know, I, I didn't. I didn't remember the article that that carefully. I, I think sometimes the growers just they get tired of doing the same thing all the time, and they something different. I don't know. And there could be that there was a little less call for some of those varieties, so they decided to branch out and try some new varieties that are seeming to work really well for them. There's some good hybrids on the market, and then there's uh, the one Washington, uh, Martha Washington, that's not a hybrid. It doesn't grow as quickly and as thick thick stems, thick um, uh, stems, uh, but, but it's still a good option. So there, there are options, and it's just sometimes the way it goes. But you may be able to find it still on some on some older um, heritage variety seed catalogs, and you may okay. be able to locate it that way. A related text that came in a bit ago: they really want to grow asparagus. Is it hard to grow? Um, asparagus is not hard to grow. It takes a lot of patience. You need a, a deep organic bed. You need full sun. You need to be willing to plant those crowns and take care of them correctly for three years before you get a harvest. You need to make sure that you're weeding because it doesn't like weed. It doesn't like weed competition. Um, so, so there are issues in that respect. It's, it just has its, every plant has its, um, it's it's challenges, and if you're willing to meet those challenges, you can have some great crops. Um, but it's not technically a hard plant to grow. It's just a plant that needs patience, and you have to be willing to wait and do the work. Okay. I know we have to take a break here in a moment, but uh, another uh, listener says, is there any treatment that can be done with raspberries to eliminate uh, eliminate uh, little fruit flies who larva gets in the berries? Or would oh, it help, this would it help to... Or would it help to uh, cut them all down for a few years, they want to know? Well, um, 
sanitation is really important. So you have to make sure that you're harvesting frequently. Harv- don't let the berries stay on the vine, on the, uh, on the bushes too long. The, as they get softer, they're more attractive to the spotted wing drusilla, which will lay its eggs there. And then you get the little larvas as it's really gross when you go to eat the berries. Um, or just consider them extra protein and enjoy them that way. Uh, it's, it's, you know, you can also try covering your plants. It's something we're just going to have to live with, and they're working on treatments. They're working on on how to take care of these things. But uh, I don't know that I'd cut down my raspberries for three years because it's just, you know, you wouldn't get any raspberries, and you don't want to cut your plants down. If you want to top them and take the fruit off for three years, that's your option, too. It just means you won't have any fruit for three years. You keep taking all the fruit off. Let's do this, Teresa. Let's take this quick break and be back okay. with more uh, more questions via phone and text 651-989-9226. We'll get you in here either by phone or by text to Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Here on Smart Garden Show, around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour on News Talk 830 WCCO. Stay with us. Smart Garden Show, around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour on News Talk 830 WCCO. Stay with us. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here, along with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, answering your lawn and garden questions. Uh, Teresa, tons of text messages. Let's see how many we can get through before okay. you take your leave today. Uh, is there a stinky plant that I can plant near some hostas to keep deer and rabbits away from eating them? A stinky Mint. plant. Mint. 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 Mm-hmm. That would be, I don't know if you want to run mint through your garden, but mint. Is that per, any, can that be pretty the, aggressive? There, it could be pretty aggressive. Any uh, fragrant herbs that you can find that would be in your garden that would work there uh, would work pretty well. Um, they don't all do that well. Sweet woodruff might be another pretty one. It's just really fragrant. Uh, but if you can stop them, uh, a physical barrier usually works a little better with that. Listener heard us talking about seed catalog seeds. Uh, are the known garden catalogs a better place to buy seeds, or am I better off going cheaper at the local hardware store? Uh, what better quality seeds at which location do you think? Text to well, um, the the catalogs uh, have been in business a long time. They know how to store their seeds. They take care of their seeds. Um, lots of times at the hardware store, you will find the same seeds. So I would go ahead and you know. Let them have your business, too. It's six of one, half a dozen of the other. Not all the hardware stores will store their seeds properly. They may buy cheap seeds. Um, And that's just something then that you have an option then to talk to the manager and say, I'm willing to pay for good seeds if you bring them in. But if you don't bring them in, I will not buy my seed from you. Your dollar has a lot of a huge voice um and so, so it's a con- it's it's a kind of a conflict do you want to get the catalog or support local business um, you can train your local business to to meet your needs if you need to or do both or do both like. or do both <laughs> can you ever have too many seats i don't right. think so <laughs> here's one uh, Teresa says my mother-in-law has several amaryllis bulbs she puts into dormancy this year a few of them are about to flower but a few others haven't even sprouted leaves yet. The bulbs are firm and appear healthy. Any recommendations or ideas on what might be the problem? 
it could just be patience. It's it's the bulbs themselves. Sometimes things just uh, you know with some bulbs they all look the same, but they, they're different genetics. They're they're different colors. They're different uh, varieties. They react differently to the same stimuli. Stimuli. So you just have to to be patient. If they're firm, just make sure they're in a nice warm place with bright sunlight, and you gave them a good drink of water, and they they'll eventually sprout for you. Okay. There's a listener that says, I have a, a peace plant that I've started watering with distilled water, hoping to get rid of the brown leaf tips. Perfect. Can I trim off the brown tips because I can't tell if it's making a difference? Yes, yes. You can You can always trim off the little brown bits on your, on your plants. Makes your plants much more aesthetically pleasant for you, and you don't feel like such a plant failure mom or dad when you look at them. So go ahead and, and do trim off the brown, and that will give you, that's a great way then to see what you're doing is working. I think this may be our first uh, tree pruning question of the day. Uh, when's the best time to prune pine trees? Uh, I would, if if you need to do a minimal pruning, you need one branch taken off right now, you could do that. Um, otherwise, I usually wait till they start to candle in the spring and then do the minimal pruning there. Remember, anything you cut off uh, to, to wood is not going to sprout new there, so you so you need to, to cut that branch off to a uh, either another branch or back to the trunk. And and I would do minimal pruning on your pines. Um, they, they just need as many of their needles as they possibly can. So, And, and I'd definitely go to extension.umn.edu to double-check exactly which pine you're looking at and what the specific recommendations for that pine is. Are. What's this, what's, uh, Teresa, what's, uh, since you're a master gardener, we always like to ask you about the, the, that master gardener program. What's, uh, what, where are we now in this time of year for uh, folks interested in becoming a master gardener? Oh, Jenny, that's a great that's a great question. Um, well, we have our our new in our new master gardeners are just going through training right now, so so we're not taking applications right now. But you can go to your uh, local extension site and you can put your name on a list, or just go to extension.umn.edu and there's how to become a master gardener there, and it will give you all the links. Normally, we start taking the applications in August and September, and that time of the year that's normally our uh, Normally when. So um, when you're harvesting your tomatoes, we want to be harvesting new master gardeners. So <laughs> if that gives if that gives any people a little little thing to remember, it's getting toward late summer. Let's start harvesting new new master gardeners coming in. Excellent. Uh, this listener uh, says I have a spider plant in the tips, and the tips of some of the leaves are starting to turn brown. Please help. It could be the watering. Uh, you make make sure that that you don't, um, you know, use the water straight out of the faucet. Maybe use distilled water, but always use room temperature water that's been set out for a while to off gas the chlorines, etc. And um, go ahead and and do those little bits of trimmings. Uh, that's totally okay on the on the spider plants too. Okay. This text says, good morning, I have an anthurium and it has been doing great. I moved it to another room recently and there was one big leaf that was yellow and I was going to cut it off but but didn't. Then when I moved it back, the leaf was green again. Now now that it is back where it was, the leaf, the leaf has turned yellow again. What is going on? Have you heard of such a thing? 
I've never heard of such a thing. Um, apparently, that plant likes it in the in the the place you moved it to. Uh, so if you can move it back, I would move it back. That seems very strange, though, that it could green back up again. But maybe you just caught it at the right time. That's very strange. Um, and you made me laugh for the day because I could just imagine this plant pant, playing tricks on you. Uh, yeah. uh, if possible, I'd probably move it back or see what's different about the two different places. Is there more light? Is there less light? Is there a draft? Um, see if that kind of is the, is the warmth of the room different in that area? Um, and see if you then, wherever you want it, can you mimic the exact position, exact things that it needs? Interesting. It's very that, interesting, yeah. Yeah. Listener wants to know, Teresa, are there any raspberries that don't send out runners all over? You know, there are some, there's, uh, the, the, I think they're called bedazzled, they're dazzlers or something. They're more of a smaller raspberry, uh, for pots and things like that. That might work. And some of them have fewer thorns on them too, or fewer um, prickles on them too. So, so I definitely, there are some out there that aren't quite as aggressive, but that is what raspberries do. Raspberries are thicket to plant. They want to create a whole colony of raspberries, and that's what they want to do. But there are some that are less aggressive than others. Well, Teresa, doggone it, we're plum out of time. As a matter Darn of it, fact. anyway. See what yes. happens when you talk about plants and flowers. It that's, gets warm that's and true. beautiful. Well, in a few seconds, uh, let's uh, give us the uh, University of Minnesota website, which is great reading this time of year, anytime, really. Extension.umn.edu. Stay safe and warm and happy. Happy, happy Valentine's Day. And happy Valentine's Day to my two favorite WCCO Valentines, Denny and Dennis. All right. Thanks very much. And back at you, Teresa. Okay. Thanks so much. Thanks. Uh, you stay warm. Master you Gardener too. Teresa Rooney. We'll be back, of course, next week with, uh, with more Smart Garden Show answering your questions. In the meantime, coming up right after the CCO News break, uh, Andy Lindis will be answering your home improvement questions. So get those ready. Right now in the Twin Cities, it's six degrees below. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.